Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clatch. This is Marianne Russo. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clatch. The Coffee Clatch and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any host or guest individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Marianne Russo. I'd like to say hello to our moderators over on the Twitter tweet chat, Mae Wilkinson and Chuck Wally. You can join them there using the hashtag TCK. I am thrilled to bring you Dr. Art Bond tonight. Um, Dr. Bond is an optometrist that has really found what so many parents are going to need to hear. Um, You know, we're always talking about finding an underlying cause to our children's issues, and here is another case where children are oftentimes misdiagnosed with ADD, dyslexia, and other problems when really there's a vision problem involved. So, everyone, let me introduce you to Dr. Art Bond. How are you? I'm doing very well. Well, I, I, you have a lot to tell our audience, so um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about what you found. Well, I, uh, I attended school in, here in uh, Emmett, Idaho, and then I attended the College of Idaho for four years and got my uh, Bachelor of Science degree in zoology, and then I went to Pacific University and spent three years becoming an optometrist. I practiced in Rupert at first and uh, eventually moved to Caldwell in in, uh, Idaho, and I practiced a total of 20 years, and then I got, uh, well, I won't go into what I did next, Uh, but uh, I wasn't too smart, but uh, (laughs) I'll get right to my my material. there is no such thing as uh, 2020 vision. 2020 is an, an uh, acuity measure. It's a measure of the keenness of sight only. What 2020 means that you can see at 20 feet letters 8.6 millimeters high and identify them, of course, and that's all it means. Vision, the best... Uh, definition that I've ever seen is the process of identifying sites, understanding what is seen, and preparing a reaction. And it even it includes using your mind's eye to see into the future. It's all that's all part of the visual process. So the twenty twenty vision is a myth, but it causes all kinds of problems. Um It used to be, and well, in some uh, medical schools, uh, most medical schools and some optometry schools, teach uh, 
testing, vision testing, like the eye is a camera. Well, that's not, it's even close. That should have been gone years ago. When when the, uh, it's a visual process. And when the light passing through the eye, the front of the eye, the cornea, goes to the back of the uh, eye, the retina, it doesn't hit a blank slate. The the retina is has electrical activity going on there, and that electrical activity is coming from the extremities, from the arms and legs and and the fingers. So it's it's just so much more than than acuity. Um, in the early, uh, about 1920 or so, 20 or 30, they were doing a lot of work with uh, developmental development in children. And uh, Doman Delicato, I believe there were two psychologists, worked with uh, Jean Piaget, who's well known in that field, at the Gazelle Institute. And they postulated that in order to to get at these problems, they should take the child clear back to the animal stage, practically. Uh, so they would put the children on their belly and have them crawl like an alligator. So they move their right arm forward and then bring their left eye fo- arm forward. Then they go to the left side and do the left side, and they do it. The right, the sides would move as a unit. Then, when they had that developed, they developed the uh, dominance of the of the arms, or I mean the uh, the bilateral bilaterality, both arms, and then establish a dominant hand. And they also found that uh, if a child has a uh, Cross dominance. Let's say they're right-handed, but they use their left eye. That that's often found in cases where the uh, the child uh, reverses letters. So they would put red green glasses on these kids, put the red lens. Let's say that you wanted to help the uh, raise the, the performance of the left eye. Uh, uh, and you put the red-green glasses on with the green lens over the left eye and the red lens over the right and then have the child write with a red pen. And you, they, that will allow you to uh, to change that dominance. Uh, I had a pa- patient, uh, 16 years of age, who wanted to pass this driver's test. He took the test. He failed because he couldn't read the, the test material. His mom talked them into letting her reading the, read the material to him. He was an auditory uh, learner, so he uh, he passed the test easily. Uh, he had a, she brought him in. He had a vision problem. I gave him lenses for reading and and uh, uh, and at home and and uh, for in school. And he went on and uh, graduated from high school and, and went, in, went to college. Uh, so this was the early uh, early type of uh, 
research that was taking place, and in optometry, they were changing too. There, there were a few early pioneers. Uh, one of them in uh, up in uh, Minnesota, one in Portland, uh, that were just started doing vision training to, to to change the visual system. Well, uh, one of uh, one of them was uh, Robert Kraskin in Washington D.C., and you may have heard of him because uh, Linda Baines Johnson. When she was in high school, she uh, did poorly in school, so she went to Dr. Kraskin, and he put uh, prescribed lenses for her, but also did visual therapy, and she was so thrilled with the results that she uh, went went to work for him. Well, so, you know, I'm going to want to talk about the vision therapy because, you know, that really is where we're going to end up with all of this. But, you know, I wanted to go back a little bit because, you know, before the show we spoke for a few minutes and you made a really interesting point to me. Most of our kids that are tested are tested at school or at their pediatrician's office, and they're tested from a 20-foot line um, right. to read a chart. But right. they don't test the kids like you said, at a reading length. And I never thought of that before, but it's so true. So why don't you talk about how important that is and what that would show? Okay. Uh, it, it is vitally important. It's even worse than you think. The problem with the 2020 vision myth is that because the Snelling test is used at 20 feet, a vision problem at the reading distance is not diagnosed, and teachers and parents are told no visual problem, the child has 20-20 vision. Then the child has uh, two choices, involuntary choices. One, they can stop reading or reduce uh, their reading. This will maintain 20-20 acuity, but the school achievement suffers. The child keeps 20-20 sight, but is a poor student. Or they can continue to read due to parental influence or their own desire to confuse, to continue reading, read through the stress and discomfort until the eyes make a physical adjustment with the lens in the eye uh, re- re- keeping part of its focus instead of completely re- relaxing when you look at the child looks at the board. So the blackboard is blurred. So, and then when the blackboard is blurred, this child can read, has no stress, reads well, sees well, until they find out they can't see the leaves on trees. Now the child has bad eyes. The This adaptation makes reading easy again, so achievement is high. Now the child is taken to an, an any eye doctor and receives lenses because they, we all did the same thing as far as distance is concerned. That makes the blackboard clear. But in many cases, those lenses which have uh, eliminated the focusing adaptation cause discomfort when the child is reading. So the answer is that you give them the distance lens, but then you give them a bifocal to take it away when they read. Uh, the, the adaptation that these kids usually make is they become myopic or nearsighted. And if you, if you, you may not be old enough to remember this, but they used to have on TV the College Bowls, where they'd uh, bring two universities in and five kids from each one, and they'd ask them questions, and uh, and the winner was awarded a, a prize. 
the insignificant thing about that was many of these kids wore glasses because they were the readers. And the readers is what forced them to develop the myopia, so they had to wear the glasses. They were the nerds often, too. Uh, so, um, but these a lot of these signs aren't found right away in the kids. So, you know, a kid may start off doing okay in school, and then suddenly they seem to lose interest. They start falling behind. They start failing. You know, why is that? Because... Because the visual process is a very uh, uh, stressful thing. And uh, the reason that it is, is that when a child has a, a book at the reading distance, they have to focus on the print. The focusing consists of making the, eye, the lens inside the eye go round, more round. That increases the power, the focus power, so that the light coming to the eye from a shorter distance uh, is still hits the back of the eye straight. So when they, when they, when they, uh, and these children, many of them, do not have uh, a, a good uh, focusing mechanism reserve. Uh, they have just have just enough to read for a while. And then pretty soon the focusing mechanism tires and starts to flatten. Well, then the brain sends a single signal to the eye telling the lens to focus, to, to, to curve more. But reflexly, the uh, stimulation is sent to the eye muscles that tell them to turn in. So now you've got the, the eyes, if, and if they turn in too far, they're going to see double. So now you've got the, uh, the the focusing mechanism being overstimulated, which causes the eyes to turn in more than they should, and that is very stressful. So that's what's got to be solved. And the way you do that is you do an exam at the reading distance, and that exam is it's, it's a little bit it's more complex than or when we do it as uh, what we do at a distance. So to say that an ophthalmologist now will tell you that their children don't have the accommodative problems. Uh, They've got too much reserve, so they don't even test. Right. Uh, And I'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, Well, you know, I wanted to start talking about, um, you know, how so many of our kids are really being misdiagnosed because, um, you know, you put it so well. You said, why are millions of children labeled dyslexic, ADD, ADHD, um, you know, analyzed by psychologists, they go to psychiatrists, they get put on um, medications yep. without really getting the proper visual examination. So my questions to you are, number what, one, what is, the pro- what is a proper visual examination? Um, you know, I think most people think of ADHD, um, sensory processing disorder, and other types of disorders as behavioral problems, and they don't look at them as a focusing and attention problem. So, you know, why don't you just tell us what you're seeing, what you're finding, and uh, what is a parent to do? Uh, the the problem is that, uh, and this is unbelievable, 
in the, the vision care practitioners in the country are either ophthalmologists who are medical doctors with some small training that allow them to uh, do vision testing uh, with lenses. At a, at, but they, but because of the, they're the ones that believe that that uh, uh, no, a child has enough accommodative reserve. So that they don't even that they cannot they can't uh, have have a, a a focusing problem, and 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 it's all of the ophthalm I mean all of the ophthalmologists, and about fifty percent of the optometrists, and this is because for both the ophthalmologists and the opt- certain optometrists. They are trained that the eyes like a camera. It's all the thing is is mechanical, and, and forget all that talk about what vision was. That I, you know, that how how important it is. So they do their testing at a distance. Well, they can't find the problem. Uh, I, I. Uh, I had uh, the chance to let's get this here. I had three exchanges with ophthalmologists, ophthalmologists personally. Um, at one time in uh, in Boise, Idaho, uh, and I don't even know how this got set up, but the leading ophthalmologist in Boise and myself. Uh, debated in front of uh, 50 school nurses. We're up on the stage, and it was a long stage, about 20 yards apart. And uh, he started off, and he started talking about the fact that when you need to have the child needs to be seen early in life, probably about a year, just to make sure that there's nothing missing from the development. And uh, and I agreed with him fully, and then I said, uh, and I got into what I do, and I said, I find all these problems at the reading distance, and I prescribe bifocals for them. And he spoke up and said, yeah, and I take them off. And I was watching the nurses, and uh, you could see their mouths drop open, because here's two eye doctors, and uh, one of them they're saying diametrically opposed things, which logic tells you that one of them is wrong, and that's... That's right, because he was wrong. Uh, then I, uh, at, 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 in 1970, I uh, was appointed to a commission on, uh, we called it uh, uh, Learning Problems and the Vision Care, and uh, the, by Governor Andrus, and there were six of us on the, on the commission. Uh, it was myself and a real smart young ophthalmologist. There was a nurse who agreed with him, and there was a teacher. And it surprised me to walk in and see her because she—I had no idea she'd be there. She was, was a family was a, a patient of mine, and she had come to me and and she was seeing these things in the class and that uh, she felt could possibly be worked on with some simple procedures that might, you know, and she's done some reading, that might enhance her, the, her, the performance of the kids, and I had given them to her. 
So, and then we had a a psychologist and a biostatistician. I don't know what he was doing there. But we had about four meetings and reached absolutely no conclusion. It was just the nurse and the MD against the teacher and myself. So finally, I said to the young ophthalmologist, I said, well, do you ever test the kids at the reading distance for their focusing problem? And he said, oh, sometimes I take a card and put it on a rod and I move it towards them. And he said, I've never found a child that had a accommodating problem. Well, I was finding them every day and always did. Um, then my personal physician, a personal ophthalmologist, a lady who uh, helped me with my book, she's wonderful, I spent an hour and a half one day with her, and she, I asked her how many kids she did examine. She said about 20 in a day, and then we went on and we got down to the accommodating problem, and she said, I've never seen an accommodating problem. Kids don't have those. Well, they're just flat wrong, and and they're so. But what it results in is that when you get to when you when somebody takes her kid to an ophthalmologist for vision care, they're not going to get it. Not if not if not if it's not at a, just a distance. Which children should they should all be tested twice? That's well, who should who should they be tested by? I, I, we only have about six minutes left, so okay. um, you know uh, I wanted to, to talk about where they should go and what are some of the common overlapping that you see that people, um, psychologists and parents may view as ADD or ADHD or dyslexia that really are vision problems. Uh, the first question: Who to go to? Right. This is this is how they they've got to do it. They've used the phone book, and they go to the yellow pages, and the, the optometrist and the ophthalmologist will have their their ads in there, and their commercial optometrists that work in these shops that are in there. Uh, they look for words like this to say here again. Well, do they have like vision therapy? I mean, because it seems like before you get to a vision therapy stage or before you get to a behavioral optometrist, um, would you go to somebody first that would refer you there, or should parents just head straight there? Oh, go, go. Well, you you call up the you you, you identify when in the yellow book that the one the optometrist that mentioned children's vision or vision training or even the optometric extension program or the College of Vision Development, something to indicate, you know, that they they work with children. And then you call them up and you ask them two questions. Number one, do you do a second exam on children at the reading distance? Number two, do you prescribe bifocals and or reading lenses for children uh, at the uh, for reading and and where uh, in school, and if if there are uh, functional optometrists that are, are trained that to do an exam that, that both distance and far, 
then they're going to know what they're doing, and they're going to be real happy to say to to speak to you because they will know that they've got a parent that knows a, uh, a lot about vision and that they're going to be easy to work with. So you've got to find them. I call it the vision care jungle when you start wading through the phone book. But uh, you can't. Now, if you know, I'm saying that ophthalmologists do not do this flatly. So if you if a person is bothered by that, just add in a couple of ophthalmologists and call them and ask them those two questions, and I know what the answer will be. They don't need okay. to. Well, so, what, um, before before we go, because we only have about two or three minutes left, okay. um, what do you see in children that have vision problems that is often leads psychologists and parents to think that it's an ADHD problem um, rather than a vision problem? What might be something that a, that that you could a red flag for a parent that they should go and um, have their child tested? Well. Uh, Early on, lack of reading readiness, immaturity, poor coordination, poor visual attention, distractibility, inappropriate behavior, poor peer relationships. That's in the early uh, early. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now back up because that's pretty significant. So there are behavioral issues that oh, yes. can manifest from a vision pro- from vision problems. That's incredible. Let me tell you about a boy that I, this is is the most interesting thing that ever happened to me. A boy came to my office. Uh, his mother was a nurse she, for the local physician. He was in the fourth grade. He'd always been a good student, good reader, loved school. He now, over the last six months, has been going down in in, uh, in, in his reading, he isn't reading as much. His grades have fallen off. She said he's actually changed his personality. In that six months, he had been to the physician for a physical. He's okay. Went to an optometrist right next door, who who was a, not a functional optometrist. Optometrist said you got 20/20 vision, no problem. Back to the MD. Back to the same optometrist. And then they they ended up in my office. Okay, so when I started to examine this boy, I uh, took a pen. Uh, this is routine. I took a pencil and moved it in towards his nose. When I got about ten inches from his nose, the two eyes just flew out, left and right flew out. And I this is original with me. I invented this term. I call that the "get the hell out of here" syndrome. <laughs> And, that, and that's what that tells it all because these kids are under that. You, kind you must of stress. be related to Governor Christie from New Jersey. <laughs> now, now, what you do? I prescribe bifocals for him so that when he looked down to read, he had, had the, the lens power, so he didn't have to focus as hard. That keeps the stimulus from being sent to the eye muscles and cause them to turn in. When his mother came back for his progress report in a month, she was ecstatic, and she said, I have my boy back again. He would back up. Everything was back to where it was before. Now, what's significant here is this was, was an easy thing, one we do all of the time. But the optometrist, who is a good friend of mine, um, just he, he practices like an ophthalmologist because that's the way he was taught in school. 
So you've got this, you've got to find these guys, and this questions method that I described is the way to do it. I did that with my niece up in, in Seattle, and her mom got a hold of an optometrist asking the questions and sent her in, and he prescribed reading glasses and solved all of her problems for her. So now what type of therapy? Now, once, if you have a child, okay, and let's say that they find, um, you know, we spoke earlier, one of my daughters has a convergence problem. Um, she doesn't have any learning um, issues, but she had headaches all the time when she was reading, and it was very difficult for her. Um, you know, other kids have a lot of trouble focusing, and they assume it's the ADHD, and they give them stimulants because, you know, they feel that that's going to help them focus and help them calm down. But in, I, I would assume that if the problem is not neurobiological, if the problem is a visual problem, that's not going to help at all. No, so, the- so then you would then turn to, I guess, vision therapy, right? Right. Now, uh, we, there have been some real uh, advances. When I was in optometry school, there was no College of Vision Development. And uh, COVD.org is the College of Vision Development. That's beyond optometry school. And they're doing things there that are just fantastic. Um, then... Uh, there's also the Optometric Extension Program dot org, which you get all kinds of material from, and then uh, PAVE, which is parents uh, aligned with the Vision Education dot org, that uh, has a website with all. Well, they say on there what I just said. They'll, you know, if it's hard to believe this, well, get, read the, get on those websites, and you find out. They have a lot of information, and they're saying everything that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We have a few questions on the chat before we go off the air. Um, one of the questions is, um, one of the uh, people on the chat says their son has blepharitis, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, sinus drainage from eyes off and on um, for three years, and they want to know if that could cause vision problems. I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. That's a physical uh, problem. Man, I'm, uh, another, okay, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I wonder why, why they haven't been able to solve that. That's the blepharitis is used to be, it should be pretty easy to fix. But uh, I don't know. You know, it shouldn't cause a visual problem unless the tears are running down his eyes or, you know, something okay. like that. Is Another question is, is light integration therapy a type of vision therapy? Light, I have even heard of that. Light integration? Yeah, light integration therapy. I do not know. Yeah, I, I do not know, heard. but it it might it might be uh they with the with the newer things they're doing in in vision therapy it's possible. I but I do, I'm not that comes after my time, I guess. Okay, so you know, before we go, we you you just rattled off so many different um when I asked you the question um, what symptoms overlap between the two? And you rattled off a whole bunch very quickly. And uh, the listeners are curious. They'd like to hear them again. Um, you know, I know that you had said some was lack of reading readiness, distractibility. Okay. Uh, the, the, if if a child has a developmental problem, that's a, this is, you look for these things before they start to school. The child is labeled as unmotivated, distracted, or lazy, has a short attention span, confrontation with authority, can read but chooses not to, behavior problems, low comprehension. 
then they when they get in school and they start reading they have these kind of symptoms loses place and skips line i'm just going to read the four of them because they're fast 21 very close reading distance tilts head or closes one eye when reading um Head movements while reading, closing and covering one eye while reading, transient blur at distance, transient blur at reading distance, constant distance blur, turning or tilting their head. These, this, uh, these came from these, uh, the uh, Oregon Optometric Association. And they, and they are on those red websites, too. Well, you know, Dr. Vaughn, before we go off the air, can you give us the name of your book and give us your website so that people can come and um, see your information? You have a fantastic blog. Uh, my daughter did that. I'm proud of her. Uh, yes. that's, first, you wanted uh, oh, the, the name, name of, of my the book. book. Well, mm-hmm. Why kids with good eyes get bad grades and kids with bad eyes get good grades. I love it. It's available on, uh, you can get it from Amazon or Kindle. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the website um, with Dr. Bond's blog, which is fantastic, he has some charts on here that everyone needs to see. Um, It's the symptoms for ADHD, ADD, learning disability, and visual problems. And really, it's really worth, if you have a child with any of these, diagnosed with any of these disorders, you really should take a look. And that is um, Art Bond, A-R-T-B-O-N-D-E, dot blogspot.com so Dr. Bond I thank you for joining us I really appreciate it I hope a lot of parents are going to be getting their kids uh, proper examination we can always hope so (laughs) uh, they had some good questions too well we appreciate we really appreciate you coming on thank you so much thank you it was a pleasure meeting you you too Um, as we end each show you are your child's best advocate If not you, then who? Become an informed, educated parent here on The Coffee Clutch.